Blog Talk Radio. Turnout 
from the Watershed 2008 primary. <clears throat> Consider the key swing state of Ohio. In the 2016 primary election, Clinton only garnered close to 680,000 votes compared to the nearly 1.1 million she polled in her victory in 2008. In 2012, Cleveland in Cayuga-Hoga County was one of three urban locales where a wave of young minority voters carried the day for Obama, delivering the three states he needed to win. The others were Philadelphia and Florida's Broward County. So how are things these days in Cleveland, site of the pivotal Obama win in 2012? Downtown Cleveland is enjoying a robust revitalization, but there are also vast swaths of the rest of the community in which factory buildings lie vacant. There are close to 6,000 zombie homes. That's homes their owners believe are in foreclosure, even though the bank that holds their mortgages never completed the legal process for foreclosure. A physical legacy of the foreclosure crisis, which is still felt here. Some 20,000 have already been torn down, and from the homeowners in the poorer part of town, property values have dropped by as much as 80%. Oh, my God. As the Republicans gathered in Cleveland to nominate Donald J. Trump as their presidential candidate, a public policy and social action forum dubbed IMPACT took place at Mont Olivet Institutional Baptist Church, one of the city's largest African-American congregations. The forum featured Cornell West, the provocative Democratic intellectual as he bills himself as its keynote speaker. Mount Olivet's tradition runs deep. It was founded in the 30s and served as the base of operations for Martin Luther King, Jr., when he came to Cleveland. West, professor of philosophy and Christian practice at Union Theological Seminary and professor emeritus at Princeton University, was one of Senator Bernie Sanders' most ardent supporters among African-American leaders, and several congregants were anxious to know whether the influential public intellectual was going to support Hillary Clinton in the general election. But West, who served on the Democratic Platform Committee as Sanders' pick, told his audience he was supporting the Green Party candidate Jill Stein because of her policy positions calling for reparations, calling for the massive release of all prisoners who are there for soft drugs. She is also calling for a massive redistribution of wealth, a Green Party jobs program, siding with the Palestinians, and concerned about the violation of international laws by the United States. I'm going to fight against Trump, West pledged, but in this case I'm opting for third-party sister Jill Stein. For West, the welfare reform and crime bills President Clinton signed in law, into law helped set the stage for the massive incarceration of African Americans and the loss of generations of parents to the penal system. That's for sure. Now people say, Brother West, she's better than Trump. That's true, but Trump is about as low as the bar that anybody could ever have, West told his audience. We're in a tough situation. Of course you know this is a swing state, so you have to make judgments in a very wise way, West said. But you don't want to lie to yourself. Hillary Clinton comes on and says, I have been fighting for children all my life. But which children do you have in mind? 
People on Welfare West explained they're primarily women and children. The welfare bill Clinton signed, which ended the federal aid to families with dependent children and replaced it with block, block grants to the states, West said, was a bill Ronald Reagan would not have signed. He added it was only signed for political purposes. West took issue with assertions by Hillary Clinton's campaign boosters who say she's been fighting for black folks for 40 years. Get off that symbolic crack pipe, West urged the audience. You don't have the evidence for that. That's like telling me you've been flying in a flying saucer last night. You were dreaming, hallucinating. Give me some witnesses. Now, of course, Sister Hillary is very clever because what does she do, especially with black folks, West continued. She says, I am the only one that represents the legacy of black Barack Obama. And, of course, Barack Obama is a historic figure. We can never take away the symbolic breakthrough of having a black man in the White House built by black slaves. Never, never, not at all. But they bailed out Wall Street without Main Street. That upsets me. Groans dropped on innocent civilians. And how many children so far, West asked? Press won't tell you. 231 children. A child in Afghanistan, Yemen, and, Palestine, and Pakistan has exactly the same value as a child in a vanilla suburb or a chocolate hood. I know because I've been to vacation Bible school. Jesus, Jesus loved the little children, all of the children of the world. Red, yellow, black, or white, they are precious in his sight. So don't tell me that an American baby has more value than a bad baby in Pakistan when it is killed, West said. If that makes you unpatriotic, then I am taking the cross over the flag. That's how I roll, he continued. That's how I was raised. When the flag undermines the cross, I choose the way of the cross. If you go the way of the cross, get ready for some serious crucifixion. <laughs> oh, boy, he's right about that. The cost of discipleship, what it is to be a Christian. West said he understood why so many African Americans admire the president, had urged them not to lose their critical discernment. It is the most wonderful thing that my child sees a black man in the White House. I understand. I got kids, too. I have grandkids. They have been empowered by Michelle Obama. They have been empowered by Barack, an example, at the symbolic level. I don't just live life symbolically. I live it at the level of substance. Black child poverty is higher now than it was in 2008, and that ain't symbolic, it's substantial. West was asked by a member of the audience for his election predictions. I think Trump will be a neo-fascist catastrophe, and Clinton will be a neoliberal disaster, he answered. So we are between a rock and a hard place. We have to gird ourselves, fortify ourselves for serious struggle. They are both tied to Wall Street. They are both dangerous in that way. Exciting conditions in our hometown of Cleveland. The audience member asked West about the impact of gentrification. And people are losing their homes through tax foreclosures, he said, and nuanced abatement actions. A little-known type of law that gives the city the power to shut down places it claims are being used for illegal purposes. I, I view it as a land grab and a power grab, West said. 
It's upper middle classes that want to move back into the cities for closer access to their jobs, leave precious and poor working people dangling with very little to go, uh, for a place to go. Because working class and poor people have less money to donate to campaigns and elections and so forth, West Side communities groups will have to step up their resistance. In Harlem, we have been wrestling with this for decades, he said. Harlem is now 49% vanilla. After the speech, John Lentz and I sat down with West for a brief discussion. What follows in there is the transcript. And uh, I, I, that would be interesting to go through. It's pretty long. It's long, and yeah. I uh, recommend everybody might go to it and, and see it uh, on, uh, I believe it's alternate. It's alternate, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> You did a good job. We read a lot. Hey, Alternet. Uh, and the article is by Robert Henley. Alternet August, yeah, yeah. On Cornell West. August 2nd, 2016. Uh, good article. Yeah. Very he's, good. he's very eloquent, and he's not afraid to tell the truth either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel for him. Now, he was he an ardent Bernie Yeah, Bernie. he tried. I mean, he, he tried everything he could, you know. But I don't know. Now, here's another thing that kind of bothered me a little bit, but we all knew it anyway. They they do it to everybody. They did it to Ron Paul. They mm-hmm. do it. To, they did it to excuse me, Bernie and everybody else. WikiLeaks revelation: the DNC had Hillary Moles inside of Bernie's campaign. We knew that. We knew that for sure. Um, Just early like on, same early thing, on. Yeah. The same thing's happening to Donald Trump. Yeah, I think he's got moles. Definitely mm-hmm. got moles in his campaign. WikiLeaks released nearly 20,000 hacked emails, it said, are from the accounts of Democratic National Committee officials on Friday. But the documents were released just days before the Democratic Convention in Philadelphia. The hacked emails revealed the DNC's hatred for Bernie Sanders and his movement. One email talks about how DNC moles had infiltrated the Bernie's campaign. One DNC official, Kate Houghton, uh, tells her comrades they have moles working inside the Bernie campaign. And uh, here's one of them. It says, uh, uh, this is from uh, somebody to somebody from Houghton DNC to Miranda DNC. We can't go to the some DWS with just Facebook intel. Kay told me she has friends inside the Bernie organization there who may be able to provide some more information. On May 12, 2016, at 12.36 p.m., Miranda, there's no way Kay doesn't have someone who can get her intel. We need to push them. Yeah, hmm. so, yeah there they go. Yeah, they, they have somebody in there. Please adhere to our comedy bonds to avoid being banned. Uh, privacy on what's happening? Okay, comment section. But anyway, kind of interesting to note that. Um, but hey, what are you gonna do? You know, nobody gives a damn. Well, go back to. Nobody gives a damn. What? Oh, Obama makes baby stuff. This is, this is an interesting um, uh, article that came up, and uh, I wanted to read it tonight because 
What would happen if Donald Trump decided to drop out of the race? Why are they saying that? I don't think he has any intention. I don't either. They're I, trying to pl- of course, plant but, that idea. I know, I know. Cox but, Media National Content Desk. ABC News. Okay, of course, another Hillary. You know, that's where Stephanopoulos lives. Uh, Wednesday, senior GOP officials are exploring their options should Donald Trump decide to drop out of the race for president. Trump's campaign surrogates have laughed off the talk, saying the campaign is moving ahead and looking forward to the battle against Democrat Hillary Clinton. Trump himself tweeted a shout to his staff on Wednesday, seemingly in response to rumors of discord in his camp. And his his tweet was, uh, There is great unity in my campaign, perhaps greater than ever before. I want to thank everyone for your tremendous support. Beat Crooked H. So, and uh, some spec- some pundits have speculated uh, that he's having problems, and they're always trying to spill rumors out there. Mm-hmm. But you know, but it's a crack of crap, and I, you know, I, I think he's he's not just. Why would he back out? He's got he's got enough money to roll. He's making more money. Mm-hmm. You know, he made as much money as Hillary this month. Wow. Yeah, like eighty-seven million dollars or some crazy number, right? Yeah, she made eighty-nine. He made eighty-seven. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? That's a great. Oh. Okay. That's yeah, so anyway. They're, they're in their wild dreams. They'd love that to happen, you know? Yeah. Well, in other news, um, we have uh, Dr. Jamal, who's a, 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 a traveling journalist uh, and uh Collapsing very, very mountains well-known. in Alaska, huh? Yeah, very well-known guy. And he's, uh, he sent this over to me, and I think uh, the impact of, uh, yeah, it says uh, Alaskans witness collapsing mountains. It shattered glass. The impacts of anthropogenic climate disruptions across Alaska are devastating to witness. In late June, due to glaciers melting at a precedented rate, the side of a mountain nearly a mile high in Alaska's Glacier Bay National Park, which had formerly been supported by glacial ice, completely collapsed. Then the landslide released over 100 million tons of rock, sending debris miles across a glacier beneath what was left of the mountain. This is something that has been happening more often in recent years in the northernmost U.S. state. While Alaska's local conservative media often tend to feign ignorance of the cause of such phenomena, what's causing it is all too clear. The state has been hitting and surpassing record temperatures over the last year, and the same can be said for the globe. It's plainly obvious why ice is melting at record rates. Mountains that have been largely covered by glaciers for eons are losing their ice. That's kind of scary. Cover in the soggy, unstable land underneath is giving away. The landslides are usually large enough to cause seismic tremors and sometimes, when close enough to the ocean, tsunamis. Also in June, Arctic sea ice has melted down to a record low with 29,000 miles of it disappearing each day. By the month's end, the sea ice was 100,000 square miles below the previous record for June, set just six years ago, and more than a half a million square miles below the 1981-2010 long-term average, according to the National Snow and Ice Data Center. Excepting March, every single month of this year thus far has set a new record low for ice cover in the Arctic. 
to Alaskans, at least those who are not making a living off the oil industry that dominates the state's financial and political economies, the evidence before them is impossible to ignore. I recently spoke with several young Alaskans from the Aleutian Island of Unalaska, and their worry and anger and fear about what they are witnessing did not take too long to surface. I've lived in Unalaska all my life, and we are watching the climate change dramatically. And I talk to my friends all over Alaska, and they tell me the permafrost is melting, and their houses are melting into the ocean. 18-year-old Lynette Sam told Truth Out. I can't even understand the emotions they must feel, because their whole family histories are being erased. Yet people don't believe them. That is hard for me to get my head around. Sam was referring to her frequent run-ins with ACD deniers, both in and outside of Alaska. She wonders how people can continue to refuse to see the facts when the physical evidence of ACD is right in front of them. We were watching massive bird die-offs. The ocean water keeps heating up. There are less and less fish, and it's scary, she said. Sam plans to, uh, plans to attend the University of Alaska to study public health next year. She spoke even more quickly and intensely now that someone was finally listening to her. We're watching the seals go extinct, and every year there is less and less snow. Her 19-year-old friend, Jeffrey Moore, also from Unalaska, sat with us. We've lived a subsistence lifestyle forever. And most people not from here just don't understand what that means, said Moore, who is a pre-med student at Eastern Washington University. Growing up here, a lot of my family has always lived this way, living off the land and the ocean. But it's getting harder and harder for them to do this. So it affects how we live our lifestyle. Like Sam, Moore said many of his peers are not paying attention to their rapidly changing planet. It's frustrating to experience this stuff firsthand and then go to college and meet folks who aren't even aware of this, he said. I think the media is a big part of the problem. People just aren't paying attention because it's not in the news enough. I'm interested in climate change at my university, but there are a limited number of classes on it you can even take. One of his favorite things to do when he lived, when he lived in Juneau was to visit the Mendenhall Glacier, Moore said. But after visiting the Mendenhall over time and watching it melt more and more each there year, that really moved me, seeing how much it was changing. And it's so small now, so tiny, it's not going to be there much longer. Moore couldn't be more right. The Mendenhall, which is an icon of Alaska's capital city, is now in record retreat, causing record flooding in the area. Meanwhile, across the Bering Sea from Alaska, Russian's Yarnal Peninsula in Siberia, Yamal Peninsula, pardon me, in Siberia, is also seeing its permafrost melting at a record pace with temperatures in the mid-80s of late. Stunningly, earlier this summer, temperatures across much of the Arctic reached the mid-80s for several days, matching temperatures in the equatorial regions of the planet. Our scientists said of the radical melting happening across the Arctic, the extraordinary years have become the normal years. In the U.S., heat records have become the norm. 
Last June was the hottest on record, became the second June in a row to hit that record. May was the 13th month in a row for record-breaking planetary temperatures, the longest stretch recorded since the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration began keeping records in 1880. What we've seen so far for the first six months of 2016 is really quite alarming. David Carlson, director of the World Meteorological Organization's Climate Research Program, said recently, this year suggests that the planet can warm up faster than we expected in a much shorter time. We don't have as much time as we thought. Earth is on track for another hottest year on record, Carlson said at a press briefing, and it's warming at a far faster rate than previously expected. Like the last one, this summer has been full of record high temperatures across Alaska, including the state's largest city, Anchorage. Keeps going on. Wow. This is a long article. But I, I think that's enough. Um, if you want to go to this article, which I really recommend, uh, you do, you can go to uh, truthout.com um, and check out uh, Alaskans Witness Collapsing Mountains. It's uh, pretty bad. So the dramatic pretty things bad. that are happening in Alaska may not be quite so dramatic in your state, but you're still being affected by oh, yeah. the high temperatures. Oh, God, yeah. But everywhere. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a frightening situation. Uh, but I'm not a doomsday sayer, and you know, the earth has changed constantly, constantly it changes, mm -hmm. and uh, we, when uh, our good friend George Dixon uh, used to say, uh, you know, we're in a polar shift, and mm -hmm. that's, that is what's happening here, you know, north becomes south, and south becomes north, basically, and uh, that happens every 29,000 years. Mm-hmm. So, and nobody that I know of was around 29,000 years ago to or verify that. Or at least, they're not, that. Telling, but they, at least you know, they're not telling us if they were. But geologically, they, they can, they can, they have seen it, and they do see it. Now, th this one, this this really made me angry tonight when I read this. Um, He's such a traitor. Oh, President Obama signed a bill that forever exempts big food from placing GMO labels on food packages. I mean, really? Christ. Is, is, is his wife running around with organic gardening, and they, and and this guy signs a bill to uh, to to never uh, uh, put GMO so on the even, labels. So you didn't even know what you're eating. Yeah, that's what you get when you have a director uh, from uh, a director of the FDA is. Former uh, Monsanto. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, oh, Monsanto, uh, uh, lawyer. Yeah. So anyway. While Americans were bustling about in preparation for their weekend, President Barack Obama quietly signed a bill late Friday afternoon that will likely forever keep people in the dark about the presence of genetically modified food organisms in their food. Um, drafted by Senate Agricultural Chairman Pat Roberts, uh, ranking Democrat Debbie Stabnow in Michigan, and all, all these, all these uh, puppets of the of the big agra corporations. From both Monsanto, sides of the aisle, I'm sure. Monsanto. Uh, give food producers the option to disclose GMO uh, ingredients through digital codes instead of the mandatory on-package labels called for by 90% of citizens. Oh, they're going to do it in codes. <laughs> like, what kind of freaking code, you know? 
But consumers wish to learn about GMO ingredients will have to use smartphones to scan a barcode on food packages that reads, scan here for more food information. The percentage of GMOs in a product, in a food product that requires QR code labeling will be decided by the future Secretary of Agriculture. Future USDA Secretary to decide which GMOs qualify for digital labeling. Arguably, the most devastating component of the full GMO labeling law is that it effectively overrides existing and genuine labeling laws in various states, such as in Vermont, Maine, and Connecticut. The bill indefinitely bars Americans from their right to vote at the state level in the future for any sort of mandatory GMO labeling. And under the law, it's for us, it's possible that genetically engineered salmon will not be labeled as such in Alaska. Now, more than a decade ago, the state became the first in the nation to pass a GMO labeling law and requiring genetically engineered fish be conspicuously labeled to identify the fish or the fish product as a genetically modified fish or fish product, applying to both packaged and unpackaged products. Um, what's the matter? I want to go to that one, you finish. Oh. Let's just keep going. Oh, that's okay. This is interesting. The next one we'll talk about in a, few, in a second here is uh, Zika hoax. A possibility. Ah, we'll yeah. just read it to you. You can make up your own mind. Well, this is from Natural News, and these guys are usually pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, it's also a highly censored site, believe it or not. Uh, well, so the food and chemical industry beat down the American public again. No, he didn't beat them down. He just paid, bought off the bought off Obama and the Congress and the Congress. Nice. Yeah. And this is this is so sick, you know. And so, what did Obama get for it? Millions and bajillions of dollars. Oh, so he can live privately in Hawaii. He got the paid off. Yeah, sure, he got paid off. So did all these other bastards. All right. Who, who sponsored that bill? Yeah. All right, and they they got paid off. Uh, the money stuffed down their throat and up their asses. And he, these guys, these men and women, I can't I can't say they're not women. All right, as well. But it's like uh, you know, Jesus. What would be? Why were they? They're just selling out America. They're selling out the entire country. What would be worth doing? And this Obama is selling us out to everybody. What would be worth doing that? Money, greed, greed and money, and contempt, absolute contempt for the American people, contempt beyond belief. These people hate America. They so. hate Americans. They just want the money. Give me the freaking money, folks, and I'll uh, I'll sell your souls. I'll sell so your bodies. I'll sell they'll, they'll move to Europe where they don't have to eat that. Yeah, they don't even read those. Okay, let's let's read that. There's an article here on Zika. Let's let's. Yeah, here's another damn thing that they're doing to us. I missed that. Right here. No, go back up. Go back up. Right here. That is not up. Right here. Zika hoax exposed by South American doctors. Brain deformations caused by larvicide chemical linked to Monsanto. GM mosquitoes, a total failure. Now, we don't know whether this is true or not. It's no, it it's probably is. Mike Adams is a pretty pretty straight guy. No, the uh, health ranger. Yeah, yeah, he's the health ranger, yeah. Uh, Zika, uh, and he published this 
in February, actually. Really? Yeah, first publishers. Zika virus is a hoax. Despite all the public hoopla, all the cases of microcephaly being discovered in Brazil have never been scientifically leaked to the Zika virus. That's a group, shrinking of heads. A group yeah. of doctors from South America are now saying the brain de deformations the world is witnessing are caused by the mass fumigation of low-income Brazilian people with a chemical oh, larvicide, yeah. not by mosquitoes carrying the Zika virus. What we're seeing with the brain deformations of children, in other words, is more like the history of thalidomide, a prescription medicine given to pregnant women that caused children to be born with limbs missing. But the official narrative on all this is pushing a false link with Zika in order to justify more chemical fumigation, more vaccines, and more genetically engineered mosquitoes. From the doctors at Red Universitaria de Embente, the Red University of Environment and Health, with uh, <coughs> HT to GM Watch. I don't know what that means. But so it's the source document. document. But it says a dramatic increase of congenital deformities, or malformations rather, uh, especially microcephaly in newborns was detected and quickly linked to the Zika virus by the Brazilian Ministry of Health. However, they failed to recognize that in the areas where most six persons live, a chemical larvicide produced, producing malformations in mosquitoes have been applied to eight, for 18 months, and that this poison is applied by the state for a drinking water used by the affected population. It looks like the world's health authorities are using Zika virus mosquitoes as a cover story to conceal the damage caused by toxic chemicals um, manufactured by powerful globalist corporations. The larvicide spray in Brazil, for example, is called Priproxifen. Priproxifen. And it's manufactured by Sumitomo Chemical, a corporation known to be a strategic partner of Monsanto. And the Argentinian doctors report lists Sumitomo as a subsidiary of Monsanto. As GM Watch's reports, GM Watch reports, pyroproxifen is a growth inhibitor of mosquito larvae, which alters the development process from larva to pupil to adult, thus generating malformations in developing mosquitoes and killing or disabling them. Hmm, a the growth inhibitor of developing organisms? Does that raise any question marks with anyone when considering the undeveloped cranial and neurological systems of the children being victimized in all of this? Yeah. Malformation is detected in thousands of children from pregnant women living in areas where Brazilian states add pripoxifen to drinking water is not a coincidence. Even though the Ministry of Health places a direct blame on Zika virus for this damage while trying to ignore its responsibility, and ruling out the hypothesis of direct and cumulative chem chemical damage caused by years of endo endocrine and immunological disruption of the infected, uh, affected population. Doctors from the Brazilian Association on Collective Health demand that urgent epidemiological studies taking into account this causal link be carried out, especially when among 3,893 cases of malformations confirmed until January, uh, until January 20th, 2016, 
Forty-nine children have died, and only five of them were confirmed to have been infected with Zika. Um, uh, Zika virus doesn't cause microcephaly. As reported by the Argentinian doctors in the report, Zika virus has never been known to cause brain deformations in children. That's why they're not funding it in the Congress. Uh-huh. Previous Zika epidemics did not cause birth defects in newborns, despite infecting 75% of the population in those countries. Also, in other countries, such as Colombia, there are no records of microcephaly. However, there are plenty of Zika cases. The entire reason these brain deformations are being blamed on the Zika virus, we're now learning, is so that the powerful chemical companies can sell more toxic chemicals that poison the people and the environment even more. Brazilian doctors, uh, Abrasco, are claiming that the strategy of chemical control is contaminating the environment as well as the people, that is not decreasing the amount of mosquitoes, and that this strategy, in fact, a commercial maneuver from the chemical poison industry deeply integrated into the Latin American Ministries of Health as well as the World Organization of Health and I think that's the Pan-Atlantic Health Organization, you know, the Southern uh, South America. It's a vicious cycle, of course. The government sprays chemicals that cause brain deformations in children, but in order to avoid blaming the chemicals, they blame the mosquitoes thereby demanding more toxic chemicals be sprayed, causing yet more uh, deformations that demand yet more chemicals, and so on. If all this sounds familiar, it's because it's a ripped right out of the playbook of the vaccine industry. Many vaccines usually cause epidemics, which is why children who are stricken with measles and mumps have almost always been previously vaccinated against measles and mumps, thereby increasing public demand for more vaccines, which cause more outbreaks ad infinitum. It is the perfect business model. And billions already pledged the vaccine industry, even with no scientific evidence of a link. And genetically engineered mosquitoes aren't working either. Massive science hopes, vaccine hopes, and chemical hopes, all designed to generate more industry profits while ignoring the true causes of suffering in Brazilian children. And uh, it is, this article is very, very good and goes on. But I would recommend it. Go to naturalnews.com and look up this one. Uh, Zika hoax. Check that out. Pretty sad. Very sad. So now you know why Congress isn't signing the bill. Now we understand. But we got we got Blumenthal running around with his head chopped off trying to trying to get them to come back and you know, saying, Oh, this is bad, bad, bad. Read this, Mr. Blumenthal, and uh sit back and uh have a margarita. You know? Well no, he's probably invested in the chemical and pharmaceutical. He's probably invested in Monsanto, yeah. Wouldn't doubt it. Not that I know whether he is or not. No, we know, but we, we wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, since he seems to be. I'm sure Obama is invested in it. I'm yeah. sure he is. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Did I read about this one? No, did I read about this? 
No. I told you about it, but I didn't worry about it. This guy, this son of a bitch is so bad. I, uh, breaking, this is breaking news, sick truth about the fire marshal who shut down Trump's rally. Isn't that amazing? Huh. Yeah. He shut it down. Well, he didn't shut it down, but he only, but he only allowed 4,000 people, 1,000 no, 1, into a 4,000 people uh, event. Uh, event. Yeah. So 3,000 people who had tickets were turned away. That's right. The reason why thousands of supporters were turned away from a Friday rally of Republican presidential nominee uh, Donald Trump in Columbus, Ohio, might have had to do more with politics than public safety. Safety. The event was held in the Greater Columbus Convention Center, a venue that can seat well over 4,000 people. Fire Marshal Kevin O'Connor limited the size of the event to 1,000. And speaking with reporters before the rally, Trump was clearly not happy about the situation and called out the fire marshal for playing politics. And he says, uh, he might not be too far from the truth. It would appear as though O'Connor, fire marshal, is part of the Democratic machine by a Columbus mayor, Andrew Gither, who is also a Democrat. And it says, uh, uh, it says down here, Trump a black soul, you know. 
He says, did anyone wonder where this black soul came from and why he was a DNC convention? Well, he's, uh, he's the law firm handling the Muslim refugee onslaught into the U.S. He had to throw a, bunch, a punch at Trump, and Trump threatens his income and power. The entire Democrat club are criminal hypocrites. Sorry about this. I'm sorry about his son, but I'm not sorry that Kazir was insulted by Trump after he insulted Trump. And uh, it's interesting. This article is really interesting because it tells you how this guy is connected. And uh, uh, he's a Muslim gold star father that uh, the mainstream media and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton have been using to criticize Donald Trump as, uh, and has deep ties to the government of Saudi Arabia, okay, and to the international Islamist investors who, uh, through his own law firm, in addition to those ties, the wealthy Islamist nation, uh, to the wealthy Islamist nation, Khan, kind uh, of knocked around on here, also has ties to controversial uh, immigration programs that wealthy foreigners can use to essentially buy their way into the United States and has deep ties to the Clinton cash narrative to the Clinton Foundation. Khan and his wife, uh, Zawa Khan, both appeared on stage. Both appeared on stage at the Democratic Convention Whoops, to attack... Uh, to attack on Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton's behalf. Donald Trump, the Republican nominee for president. Their son, U.S. Army Captain Humanian Khan, was killed in Iraq in 2004. Kazir Khan, in his speech to the DNC, lambasted Donald Trump for wanting to temporarily halt Islamic migration to America from countries with a Cuban history of exporting terrorists. Yeah, they want to they, they want to stop his income. Since, he's pissed, you know. Since then, Clinton operative George Stephanopoulos, who served as a senior advisor to the president in Bill Clinton's White House, and is a Clinton Foundation donor as well as a host on ABC Network, pushed Trump on the matter in an interview. Trump's, Trump's comments in that interview have sparked the same mini rebellion inside his party as the rest of the media and across the aisle that has happened many times before. The usual suspects inside the GOP, from Florida Governor Jeb Bush, to Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, Paul Ryan, (laughs) Mitch McConnell, John Cassius, have condemned Trump in one way or another. The media commendation... Whoops. No. Has been swift, and Democrats, as well as their friends throughout the media, are driving the train as fast as they can. That's for sure. Amazing. But until now, it looks like the Collins are just the gold, were just gold star parents who had big bad Donald Trump attack. Uh, but it turns out, however, in addition to being gold star parents, the Collins are the Collins are financially, legally tied deeply to the uh, industry of Muslim migration. An issue that has followed her on the campus. I can't stop this stupid thing. Yes, you can. Yes, I did. And to the government of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So, let's reread that. 
Khan, according to Intel's Khans are financially and legally tied deeply to the industry of Muslim migration and to the government of Saudi Arabia and the Clintons themselves. Khan, according to the Intellis, as also reported by Walid Shobat, used to work at the law firm of Hogan Lovelis, a major D.C. law firm that has been on retainer as the law firm representing the government of Saudi Arabia and the U.S. for years, citing federal government forms. The Washington Free Beacon reported the connection between Saudi Arabia and Hogan Lovells a couple of weeks ago. Hogan Lovells, another U.S. firm hired by the Saudis, is registered to work for the Royal Embassy of Saudi Arabia through 2016 disclosures show. The federal form filed with the Department of Justice is required under the Foreign Agents Registration Act of 1938. Which makes lobbyists and lawyers working on behalf of foreign governments and other agents from abroad with interest in the United States register with the federal government. The government of Saudi Arabia, of course, has donated heavily to the Clinton Foundation. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia has given between 10 and 25 million to the foundation, well, friends of Saudi Arabia have contributed one and five million. Um, Trump, of course, has called on Hillary Clinton to have the Clinton Foundation return the money. Saudi Arabia, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, it's cool. Saudi Arabia, many of the countries that gave vast amounts of money to the Clinton Foundation want women as slaves, and to, this is what he, uh, what to kill Trump kids. said, and uh, he wants. Uh, Trump said. Saudi Arabia and many of the countries that gave vast amounts of money to the Clinton Foundation want women as slaves and to kill gays, Trump wrote in a Facebook post in June. Um, and Hillary must return all the money from such countries. Crooked Hillary says uh, that she must call on Saudi that that we must call on Saudi Arabia and other countries to stop funding hate. Well, Trump posted in a separate Facebook posting at the time. I'm calling on her to immediately return the $25 million plus she got from them from the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. In fact, you know, of course, to this day, Hillary Clinton and her Clinton Foundation has kept the money for the Saudi Arabian government. Yeah, and they're probably asking for more. They probably got more. Scalpel's piece on the Washington Free Bacon uh, Beacon was notes from Howell Lovell's lobbyist, uh, Robert Kyle, uh, has bundled more than 50,000 in donations for Clinton's campaign this year. Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> no. Uh, but Hogan Lovells is, the, is Khan's uh, place. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, connections with Hogan Lovells' runs, firm runs deep. Khan's connections run deep, according to a report from law.com. Many lawyers at Hogan Lovells remember the week in 2004 when U.S. Army Captain uh, uh, Khan lost his life to a suicide bomber. When uh, Hogan and Hartson attorneys mourned the death because the soldier's father, Kazir uh, Khan, a Muslim Democrat, was among their beloved colleagues. Uh, Khan spent seven years from 2000 to 2007 in D.C., uh, office of uh, Hartman, Hart, whatever. This goes on and on and on, 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 on. But the thing is, uh, Khan was a... Uh, He's a lobbyist. He's, he's, a, he's a lawyer for, for the Clinton Foundation and for uh, Muslims uh, entering this country. It's a huge, uh, and sponsored by the State that Department. That firm does her taxes. 
And the firm also does their taxes. I think that's what it says. I was no, just probably. trying to read it's, that. It's, it's all incestuous. Incestuous. Oh, totally, it's totally incestuous. If you want to know where this article is, you can go to, uh, what is it? Uh, Brett Bart, I believe it's. Yep, Brett yeah. Bart. Uh, B-R-E-I-T Bart, Brett com, And uh, it's well worth a read. Uh, let's see. And, you know, do da do da day. Let's see. Oh, I thought this was kind of interesting. Cashews are a natural antidepressant. Oh, did you know that? no. I didn't know that until I read this article, but did you know that two handfuls of cashews is a therapeutic equivalent of a prescription dose of Prozac? <laughs> uh, that's pretty. Good. That's pretty amazing. Huh? Two handfuls. Mm. Not peanuts. No, oh, I eat a lot of peanuts and cashews. I have to get some cashews. I like almonds too. Whenever I get stressed out, I will get some uh, cashews. Mm. Let's see. Two handfuls of cashews. Oh, mm. Damn, I hate this. I hate them so much, these, these pop-up things. Two handfuls of cashews is the therapeutic equivalent of a prescription dose of Prozac. Several handfuls of cashews provide 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of tryptophan. You uh, could eat a turkey. Yeah, I know, which will work uh, as well as prescription antidepressants, said Dr. Andrew Saul, a therapeutic nutritionist and editor-in-chief of Orthomolecular Medicine News Service. The body turns tryptophan into serotonin, a major um, contributor to feelings of sexual desire, good mood, and healthy sleep. Hmm. That's something. Oh. There's one more article, one more paragraph here that's interesting. It says, this is such a profound effect that Prozac, Paxil, and similar antidepressants usually either mimic serotonin or artificially keep the body's own serotonin levels high. But based on the results of this study, it seems silly that anyone would continue to use antidepressant drugs to try to treat depression when there are simple healing foods available that do a better job. Cashews are packed with protein, dietary fiber, and a rich supply of essential minerals and vitamins that contribute to overall health. Hmm. These minerals are potassium, uh, phosphorus, uh, potassium, phosphorus, calcium, Magnesium, iron, sodium, mag- manganese, zinc, copper, and se- wow, and ceiling. Uh, cashews are also rich in foliate and vitamin K. Did those were those little, you know that, that package of things that we used to the snacks we used to get at Costco? The, 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 the mix nuts. The nuts. Trail mix. No, no, the nuts with. Um, Oh, they had cashews. Those were cashews, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those cashew crunches. Yep. You want me to get some more of them? Oh, those were great. But you were I, feeling I, very happy. Those <laughs> were addictive. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I can understand why now. Cashews are uh, are, are uh, full of uh, that. Plus, you throw some sugar in there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Those, All the good things. Those things were wonderful. Oh, were, oh, cashew clusters. That's mm-hmm. what they were. Oh, man, were those good. Those were so good. And, uh, man. But anyway. You can get the cashew clusters out of Costco. It's not an ad. It's just, you know, if you really if you happen, to, them. happen to be there, it's a big five-pound bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you not, could polish that not, off in a in, couple of days. In a, a couple of hours if you're really crazy but, uh, with two people. And we, we, we've been known to polish on half of that bag oh, in, a, so in, a, in, a, in a night. Oh, that was good. But anyway, uh, yeah, cashew clusters, remember that. Uh, uh, 
One serving of cashews equivalent to a quarter a cup or 34.26 grams. Really? And provides, yeah. I don't know what it provides. And provides 37.5% of your daily copper requirement, 25% of your daily manganese requirement, 28.4% of your daily manganese requirement, oh, magnesium, and 28% of your manganese and 28.1% of your daily tryptophan requirement. I didn't even know I needed a tryptophan requirement. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. We yeah, we all, we all do. Oh, so we all should eat turkey, yeah? Yep. Oh, and cashews. Oh, that's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Well, can't say you can't. We did learn something here tonight. But anyway, cashews are a natural antidepressant. Go get some. Don't forget, don't forget. Yeah, why bother to take all those Don't drugs? forget our favorite, cashew clusters. <laughs> That'll become your new new addiction. <laughs> you heard it here. But anyway, we're thankful that you came to listen, and we hope everything is well. And uh, Do and the best that you can to navigate through all the political And Bernie says, data. and Bernie says, Bernie warns his supporters against choosing a third party. You better, you better vote Democrat, and you better vote Hillary, or we're gonna come down and kill your ass. We're gonna chop you up. That's right. Uh, don't mess with the Sanders, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And of course, we just read that Obama signed the Dark Act, which is GMOs. Yeah. So, so Obama can go fly freaking tight. Uh, did, we, did I read this last week? I don't know. Bear is suing a whole continent for saving the bees. <laughs> hmm. uh, if Europe is banning these pesticides, then what is killing the bee population? Uh, uh, for killing the bee population, why aren't we? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, these pesticides in Monsanto's crap, and Bear actually now, is yeah. uh, killing bees. Yeah. Uh, and banned from Europe. Everybody in Europe bans their stuff, except, and we and we wind up eating this crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's really... Well, it's, it's eugenics. Really, it's, it's eugenics, yeah. That's all. Eugenics. So That's it was true. nice to talk to you folks. Yeah, it was. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the week and have a marvelous weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Yes, we will. But remember, if you're feeling down after listening to all the political chatter back and forth, have a handful of cashews. You'll feel enormously better. Yeah, have a handful of cashews, have a drink, or light one up, or have all three. I think I'd just stick to the handful of cashews. You would? Good night, folks. All right. Well, good night, everybody. And uh, we will play you out with the blues. Red rubber blues here. There you go.